Recording? Awesome, me too. Um, okay. Make sure my levels are at, zooming out. <clears throat> I'm peaking at negative 12. Okay, I'm happy. Uh, hopefully I'm not going to keep my roommates up too much. It's 1.30. Dan's not even <laughs> back from work yet, so whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Courtney matter. can sleep through just about anything. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she married Dan, so what would yeah, you expect? I, I would imagine. I, yeah. I can't picture Dan sleeping. It's depressing. <laughs> it's really depressing. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. It's like seeing a three-legged dog where you're like, I know that they're fine. Hello, this is Clark. And this is Riley. And you're listening to Into the Echo, where Riley and I have drinks and talk about the albums that changed our lives. Uh, what album were we talking about this week, Riley? We are talking about Better Nature by Silverstone Pickups. Um, it is a fairly recent album, released in September of 2015, in fact, um, which is kind of unusual for what we're going for here. But I think, for me, personally, it, uh, it had a very large impact right away, um, just because I've always kind of connected with their music. Um, and this, I feel like, was kind of a... Uh, it was it was a good. They sounded a lot more mature on this album than than they have before. Um, I think this was a a great album for them to put out as their third. I think it or not third, fourth yeah. rather. <laughs> and and um, Silver Sun has always been one of those bands where it, you see a new Silver Sun track come out and you kind of have to at least peep on it a little bit. You have to give it a listen because. You never know. Like at the same time, like you kind of want to go back to the nostalgic, like lazy eyes over some pickups, but at the same time, you yeah. just know that like you want to see where they're going next with their sound. So yeah, it's exactly. definitely one of the albums that, like, even though it's recent, we both, as soon as it came out, we're like, all right, we're putting this on. Yeah, exactly. And and for our listeners that have never heard of Silver Sun Pickups, um, before you uh, you explore this album, do go listen to at least the song Lazy Eye. Um, and Panic Switch by Silver Sun Pickups, and and that will give you a good feel for what you are supposed to experience with them. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think Better Nature is not necessarily indicative of what they sound like on the whole. Yeah, it was kind of a deviation from their normal sound. It almost to the point where I would say concept album, but we'll get into that. Um, so if you want to listen to Lazy Eye or Panic Switch, um, you can find links to that in our show notes, actually. So. Uh, we are Secret Weapon Production. We're part of that podcast network. So you can find our show notes at secretweaponproductions.com slash echo. And this is the first episode, so it's going to be slash echo and then slash one. And that's where you can find, I'm going to link you to the YouTube videos for those two songs. I'm going to link you to the Better Nature album itself. And then uh, whatever else Riley and I talk about, if I, if I think it's something worth linking to, then you can find it in our show notes. So definitely check us out there. You can also find our Facebook, um, our Twitter uh, we encourage you, we mentioned this in the pilot, but we'll mention it again here, that we want this to be a conversation between Riley, myself, and all of you. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear if you liked the album, if you hated it, if you have an album that you would like us to do, please, please, please email us. And you can find all that at our website. Yeah, I think this is this is a great, uh, I mean, this is a great open forum sort of construction for this um and i think that's the important part one of the important parts of music in general is just being able to talk about it with multiple people so yeah please please involve yourselves um we appreciate it we like hearing each other talk but we also like hearing other people talk occasionally so 
please let us know. Yeah, and if we get emails that resonate with us and stuff, we'll definitely read it on air if you're comfortable with that. Um, if you don't want us to read it on air, like if you talk about like personal stuff, then just make sure to make a note of that. Um, otherwise, we're just going to assume that you you want us to talk about it. Um, so yeah, just leave a note saying, you know, please don't talk about this on air, and we'll we'll you know definitely accommodate that. Uh, so let's get right to the album. So, um, yeah, Clark, um, I I'm curious. So you kind of came to this never really, when we pitched this idea, when I pitched this idea for this album, you hadn't really heard it at all. Um, so you were coming to it at, at first listen, you were really kind of attacking it from that angle. I'm curious yeah. as to what you got out of it the first time around. So the first time around, oh boy. Um, it's a different monster, isn't it? It's a different monster. and. Honestly, so I live in um, Brooklyn currently, so I have an hourly commute every day, so it's an hour to work, an hour home. So uh, my first impression was on the subway. I just put on this album and listened to it all the way through, like a like a gentleman. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> exactly, yes, as you should. <laughs> exactly, and I think I made it about three or four songs in before I just completely phased out. And and I think like just an hour later, I arrived at my stop, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm still listening to this album. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like my first impression was. Um, I, I liked a lot of the instrumentation. I I liked the sound of the first few tracks, but then when the album kind of came to the uh, the lull towards the middle, like tracks four, six, etc., um, I kind mm. of just it, it got pretty deep in my head. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, um, as we discussed in the pilot, we both use music as a way to kind of um, as a meditation of sorts, but also as a way to kind of process our feelings, our emotions, to uh, either find or explain or express um, little parts of ourselves. So having an album that kind of puts me in a zone where I can just zone out, that's actually a pretty useful thing. That's a useful tool to have. So when I it say is. that I couldn't necessarily focus on the whole album, I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm actually saying that in a sense of like the music entered a point where it could just kind of exist around me and I didn't feel like I necessarily mm -hmm. had to engage. I could just kind of listen to it and get immersed in it, but I didn't have to overthink it. Uh, exactly. So that was kind of my first impression. Yeah, that's good. That's and and I mean, right away, I mean, even even though you haven't had much exposure to Silver Sun pickups beforehand, you can tell that it's a deviation from their normal sound. Um, oh, absolutely. It's a lot more produced. Uh, it's it's more electronic. Um, it's definitely it's borderline concept album. I I would say this is almost a concept album, uh, just based on the lyrical content of it. Um, which we'll get into kind of on an individual song basis, but yeah. But um, when you say conceptual, like even um, so that the main head of Silver Sun Pickups, the the singer, the guitarist, his name is Brian Aubert. Brian, if you're listening, just message me if I pronounce that wrong, please. Uh, <laughs> um, Brian Aubert. Uh, but even when he described the album, he said like this album is its own quantum universe. He said it's kind of unstable. He said it's like nothing they've done before. So like yeah. he doesn't use the word concept album, but he definitely he talks it's, around. It's it. very much in its own existence. It's it's kind of its own thing, which which makes it special, I think. Um, because if you like Silver Sun for their previous albums, I mean, um, uh, the one I mean, Lazy Eyes, kind of their their single that really came out and kind of put them on the map um, in the following album, um, and then Panic Switch came off of. Um, God, now I'm losing album names. <laughs> 
Oh, Wikipedia, man. See. Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> Uh, swoon, swoon. Swoon. Yes, that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Carnivus was the album that Lazy Eye was on. But uh, Swoon mm-hmm. came out um, with Panic Switch on it, which my exposure to Silver Sun pickups. Actually, my co- my college roommate freshman year was the first one to show me Silver Sun pickups, and I immediately hated it. I have no oh, idea really? why. I think it's because <laughs> I. I think it's because I thought it was too trendy for me because I was still in like a, I was still in very much like a punk rock stage at that point. Oh man, um, it is so not punk rock. <laughs> I know. It, like, so even... I thought it was too trendy, but uh, but the more I listen, and he showed me Lazy Eye and oh and boy, said which that is this like was pop... one of their best songs. Oh yeah, and I hated it. I hated it. But then I listened to it you know 15 times and mm-hmm. finally came around to somewhat liking it and then i got into and that was around the time their album swoon came out oh. um and that's when i kind of started to listen to them a little bit mm-hmm. but i didn't really get into them until i saw them they opened for muse in seattle oh really? um, i didn't know that and they were the best opening band i have ever heard they were so tight and sounded so good live that i could not help but just go home and listen to more um i mean that's what turned me on to the song panic switch was the the live version of it was um kind of unprecedented i mean they for an opening band especially usually they're they're kind of used as guinea pigs for sound testing and all that kind of thing. exactly yeah silver sun and pickups to feel out the had, crowd see what you're dealing with yeah oh absolutely absolutely but silver sun pickups had a stage presence i mean they were very much there to perform um, their art, and I think that's really what drew me into them um, initially. So I spent a lot of time listening to Carnivus and Swoon um, for the next few years, and then it, it just kind of um, came to me that you know in the last last part of last year that they had just come out with a new one because I kind of lost contact for a little while on their on their discography, um, but then I saw that they had released Better Nature and was and it was getting some some critical um some critical praise and and good reviews and so i kind of looked into it and i think i uncovered an entirely different monster than i was expecting to um it is it is an album all its own um Mm. and and in in researching this album i i had some very interesting experiences researching this album so if nothing else, I mean, just the fact of looking into it has has been valuable for me. So yeah, um, and I'm I don't know what to... your research experience was like, but yeah, I, we'll definitely. I want to talk a, a little bit about their producer for sure, Jackknife Lee. Uh, he's a bit prolific. I, we'll get into it in a minute, but I, uh, because one of your first experiences with Silver Sun, where you just kind of fell in love with them, was a live experience. I'm really curious to hear. Um, what you think about this music in terms of can they perform it live this whole album like how would they pull that off with four people with all of the electronic is, elements the oh, compression yeah. the distortion the loops like it, it, do you think it's even possible to really put on a good live show with this music i'm, I'm curious to hear and yeah. we can talk individual songs too but uh, no i think I'm, i mean i think this is a great time to talk about the the guy who mixed this album for him mm-hmm. um his name is alan Mulder. um some of you might recognize that name. Um, mm-hmm. It turns out, so this is one of the gems I dug up while I was looking into this album. And you can tell, once you kind of get into it, you can really tell 
that this guy was involved with this album. Um, he is he has mixed albums for Smashing Pumpkins. He's mixed almost the entire Nine Inch Nails discography. Um, he's done almost everything for Nothing Records, which is Trent Reznor's uh, record label. He did Marilyn Manson's debut project, My Bloody Valentine. He did them. Uh, Moby, he's done an album for him as well. Whoa, what uh, Moby album? Pause. <laughs> yeah. What Did he Pause do play? That. Or, that'd be incredible. He did. Now I'm older. Hold on. My Wikipedia fault. I was not expecting that. Yeah, he did Moby. Um, British I'm record producer. Editing all of so. this. You're just going to say the name right away as if you no <laughs> knew it off the top of your Animal rights. Animal rights. Good album. Yeah, Good album. Worked, yeah, he worked on Moby with Animal Rights. He worked with The Cure on Wild Mood Swings. Ooh, um, okay. He worked with A Perfect Circle on Murder Noms, uh, which was their first album for those of you who are not familiar with Perfect Circle. The Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Gary Newman, Saul Williams, How to Destroy Angels, The Killers, Interpol. I mean, this guy wow. has. That's if you've listened to of... it, this guy has mixed it. So. I, I I don't know. I think he really kind of comes out as it's fairly obvious that he's the man behind this record because especially, I mean, I'm particularly well-versed in Nine Inch Nails and A Perfect Circle, um, but you can really hear that kind of that kind of electronic sound, that kind of overproduced, not overproduced in a negative way, but just overproduced electronic sound that comes out of an Alan Mulder album. You can really hear that on Better Nature. Um starting with the first track i mean it, it really comes out right away oh yeah they it, come out right out of the gates with the the compression the tunnel vision the apocalyptic feeling yeah So one of the guys who mixed it, like you said, did stuff with Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, How to Destroy Angels, Interpol. And then uh, one of the the producer, the guy who's actually labeled as the producer, Jackknife Lee, he did work with uh, Crystal Castles, Play Radio Play, Block Party, One Direction, um, Snow Patrol. And I kind of want to talk a bit about the Snow Patrol angle on this as well. Sure. Um, but right out of the bat, um, if you want, we can just start with track one. Do you want to start talking about track one? Yeah, let's. I mean, that, no better place to start than the first first track. Absolutely. Um, entitled "Cradle Better Nature" um, in parenthetical there, um, and this is really. I mean, it's it's a great opener. I think it is a perfect perfect pick for this album um, because I think the overall feel, overall feel of the album to me, as far as as far as lyrics go, um, I think they're really talking about how. We've become disconnected as as human beings. We've become sort of antisocial. We've become self-obsessed, egotistical. Um, we've become totally technologically dependent. We've lost our lost our connection. In fact, they have a song called "Connection" on here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've lost our connection with humanity, and I think that this song really kind of 
kind of starts it off right um, as far as getting us into that mood um, of really not knowing exactly what what is left after that happens. Um, the, the title of the album really pulls Better Nature, really kind of focuses on the fact that they think that we have a better nature, that we have humanity left, that we are able to be connected without our devices and without the internet and without all of the superficial, artificial structures that have arisen because of our technology. Um, I think that they believe that we have it in us to do it, mm -hmm. but I think that it's a conversation with us about how disappointed they are <laughs> i mean i i yeah. really feel like i really feel like brian's telling us here that that he is upset with us as far as what we've let ourselves become um and i think i think that's that's exactly what the message of this fairly powerful it's a fairly rocky track for a yeah, first track yeah. for them um i think that's kind of the message of this and there's a particular lyric like i said um before i got completely distracted <laughs> mm -hmm. um <laughs> that i wanted to talk about um it's kind of a it's a, a polar it, like it it's a difficult lyric to deal with because it's dark but but light at the same time and it's dark but it's optimistic at the same time he he says that he wants to swallow up all of your better nature I mean, to, to me that he's having a, a one-way conversation with somebody else. Um, I would assume a significant other or somebody that's significantly involved in your life. But um, swallow up all of, to me, is a very, like, it's a very parasitic thing. Interesting. I mean, that's not it how sounds I parasitic to me. But then swallow up your better nature. I mean, he's he wants to latch on to that uh, better nature that you have as a human being so he can return to a, you know, a, a normal human state where, whereas where we are now is completely disconnected. Yeah. What's, what was your take on that? So my take on the first track, uh, it ties into a lot of what you're talking about. However, I, I appreciate that the angle he took, I, I think if they had started with song, if they had started with connection the second song, Mm -hmm. um, I probably wouldn't listen to the whole album. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, this it's a great, powerful opener song. I mean, this is this is the opener for sure on this album. Absolutely. So, kind of what I took away from it is, um, so while he is talking about the state of he's he's creating a world where uh, with both the instrumentation and the lyrics where um, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of people trying to suppress their feelings, suppress their anxiety, and just kind of being overwhelmed, too overwhelmed to do that. Um, so in my mind, the start of this album is a lot like the start of Up, uh, the Pixar movie. Mm -hmm. and, and follow me mm -hmm. with this, where <laughs> instead of just... I knew you would bring Pixar into this. <laughs> how'd you know? How'd you know? Uh, <laughs> Pixar is my Nine Inch Nails, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but instead of um, starting up with... Um, 
Just like, here's this crotchety old man, and this crotchety old man is angry at the world, and he doesn't like that things are changing, and he just wants his house to be the way it is, and he wants all of these good memories, and he wants things to stay the way they are. Instead of starting with the crotchety old man, instead they started with the love story. And and they mm-hmm. really got us to meet the character through this love story and through this difficult relationship that he ended up losing with his wife because she passed away. And I see a lot of parallels with Cradle Better Nature because this is clearly a love song of sorts. When he's saying, um, first of all, like it's kind of a bit argumentative. Like he says, hold on, I think you're wrong. my mind um he is talking to someone that he loves and he cares about maybe it's a girlfriend maybe it's a good friend i'm assuming a girlfriend because he's he writes Mm -hmm. a lot about love but he's talking a lot about how she is struggling with anxiety and how she is trying to tie up in a tight knot and she is overwhelmed by all of these forces around her and he's like no please let me help you pull out your better nature the best parts of yourself please just let me keep digging and getting to that and helping pull out the better parts of yourself so in my mind this is a this is a song about um, tragedy in a sense where he's losing someone that he cares about to these factors. And and this is the love yeah. story and the tension and the sadness that's creating the whole tone of the album where it's like he has a personal stake in this. He's not just angsty because the world is changing. He's not just upset because kids are doing Snapchat. Like, no, he <laughs> these things are affecting his relationships. But, with but let's let's get to the important thing. Who isn't upset that kids are doing Snapchat these days? Right. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. Like, I, but continue, please. Yeah, I, I, I have Snapchat, but like, it still pisses me off every time someone's exactly. like, "Are you on Snapchat?" You, I'm like, "Screw you, man." Yeah, I, you hate watch Snapchat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, who isn't angry? Who isn't pissed off that Facebook has taken over the world and? <laughs> That we're that we're constantly having to check our social media, and that's about all the interaction we get with some of our friends. I mean, if you're not pissed off about that, I don't, I don't care. I mean, like, <laughs> you should be, you should be upset that you don't have to f- actually interact with people these days to to stay connected with them. I mean, and I, I mean, I think that's what he's trying to pound out in this song, like. Like the last minute and a half, all mm-hmm. he does is is repeat better nature yeah. over and yeah. over again. And I, I mean, I absolutely love the last minute of this song. It's a very, I mean, it's a very calm sort of, it's got these weird like, bell sounds and piano sounds and it's just it's a totally total deviation from the sound of the rest of the song um i love it's it's very much it's so it like this album is very much its own album and very much a whole product by itself this song almost is it follows the same pattern i mean it um it goes through a few different movements almost Mm -hmm. um I think that's that's great for a title track, and if you're going to open your album with a title track, it needs to come out with a bang like this one does. Um, I think they nailed it with this one. Yeah, totally. Uh, they nailed it, and it's it's curious that you said piano sounds and guitar sounds because like 
it's not necessarily piano and that's one thing that no that sets this apart where it's like you can't necessarily identify the instruments yeah it is um and i think that's where alan Mulder comes in mm-hmm. i mean he's mm-hmm. a master he's a uh, judging by his his discography that he's set up for himself he is a master at this kind of mixing where it's it's all electronic but it sounds it sounds acoustic well from the sound point of like what direction the music is coming from it's coming from mm-hmm. right in front of you and it doesn't oh, yeah. wander off too far to the left it doesn't wander too far off to the right it's it's coming at you like this it's song could center. probably be mono instead of stereo and you might not even notice because it's just it's no. compressed that much and let's just take a second let's just take one second here and and talk about who doesn't love a female bassist like she is a total <laughs> badass she's a total badass. nikki moninger yeah i think so yes um holy shit she has <laughs> like her vocals are some of the top and like like i said when i saw them live she was she was the showman obviously mm-hmm, i mean she mm-hmm. was the person that was out there like livening up the crowd and she was she was out there to make a statement as far as how badass she was and yeah totally i love it i love it and the baseline is so important in a lot of their songs on this album even though it's very produced and very electronic sounding the bass is still very important um in all of their songs and i think that's a great sign because a lot of more popular music these days is completely ditching traditional instrumentation and going for an a, a wholly electronic sound yeah yeah and I think that's much to the detriment of a lot of bands. But for these guys, it it's working, I think. Um, and it mellows out a lot more. Moving on to track two, Connection. Connection yeah, becomes Connection. a much more of like a standard rock song, four, four times. You have your more, uh, like you have your verses, your pre-chorus, your chorus, your verses, your pre-chorus, your mm-hmm. chorus goes into a bridge. Uh, so it, it gets back to more of a standard template with Connection. Yeah. Oh yeah, but lyrically, I think this is one of the most important songs on the album. Mm-hmm. I think this is where they make one of their stronger statements. Um, the chorus, in fact, the chorus of this song is uh, they repeat, uh, "This is not connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only an impression." This is not So, I mean, and they really don't have to be metaphoric about it. That is that is fairly straightforward. <laughs> that what we are experiencing these days is, is it's not a connection that we're feeling to each other. It's just an impression of what a, an actual connection feels like. Yeah. Um, and one more, I, I I have to touch on one more one more section of lyrics in this song okay. because it just it cracks me up so much. It's he's making a dig at. at I think. I mean, I think oh, he's I think making I know a what, dig I think I these, know what line you're talking about. Which one? <laughs> at these people, but um, at these, like these, like I'm separated from these people. I'm absolutely these people that mm-hmm. he's talking about. I but, think we're both this people. Um, we have a podcast where we talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's he says uh, he says uh, laser focused on the screens. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously, laser focused on TVs, computers, whatever the screen may be, tablets. If you're one of those fancy people. Mm-hmm. Um, Laser focused on the screens that will deliver them their self-esteem. So obviously touching on social media there. 
Uh, I mean, you go to social media, you post a status. How do you feel when no one likes it? Yeah. You don't, it, it's not good. You want people to like your status. You want people to comment on it. You want it to be a part of other people's lives. And that validates your self-esteem. And that doesn't make you a bad person. Oh, that yeah. doesn't make absolutely. you, like, needy. It just makes you... No. Yeah. It's, it's normal. When you put yourself out there, you want to hear positive things. You know, when someone clicks, like, when you click on a thumbs up button on the internet... I'm sorry, but that's not a real connection you're having with that other person. Whether or not you believe that they are taking that, that the person on the receiving end of that is Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. being affected by that like or not, they're not. (laughs) So I think you and I... They're not. I think you and I differ in this realm, though, Riley. I think... um, We might. You've always been more technologically... advanced though clark for a stint there it's like i did a little bit of like low level web design where i just like helped businesses make websites and i worked with a web firm and stuff like that but i got into that because i am very a very big fan of technology i mean i grew up with computers my dad has a degree in electronics so it's like i built my first computer and then i've just been online like an online denizen for years and years and years and i've made some very good legitimate connections online and with people I've never met and through social media and through forums and, and um, not AOL, IRC chat rooms and stuff like that. And Ventrilo chat rooms back in the day where it's like, I definitely see the validity of this, but um, at the same time, yeah, he's talking more about like the social media, but at the same time, like, I feel like this is something we've been clamoring for. And I feel like if, yeah. if it hadn't been Facebook, it would have been something else. Like we yeah, want true. this, it's we true. crave this. I think I think his uh, I think his ultimate point here is that this would have been best avoided. I mean, yes, it's something that we want now, mm-hmm. but it, our human nature is to is to actually talk face to face to each other. Yeah, and I think he best encapsulates the transition when he, when he says the lines: "The kids are throwing all their charms at the latest token victory march with no new trails to blaze." this is not connection. And and to me, what he's saying there is like, these kids are throwing out, like they're putting so much energy into creating these online presences and to getting behind the latest movement, whatever that may be on Facebook, whether it's uh, Coney 2012, feel the burn, um, the Obama stuff, all of the like save the kidnapped children stuff. He's essentially saying like these kids are, there's no new trails to blaze. Wherein if, if you are young and you're going out into this world, um, Time was, you could have this idea of like, there's so many things that no one's ever done, but then you start watching YouTube and you start seeing videos on Facebook and you start seeing everyone doing these like crazy things. And you start to think to yourself like, man, like I don't have any new original ideas. I don't have anything. Like I am just a follower. And even you see people do like on Facebook, you, you see what people want you to see. You see their best sides. So you're comparing yourself and all your brokenness and all your messiness and ugliness to everybody else's best face you know and i and i feel like yeah it it just makes you want to compensate even more and to try and build your own life up even more well i mean we both know that nothing new has been done since shakespeare yeah so i mean (laughs) we've been behind the curve for a long time but right i i i got it i wanted to get to the line that i think is particularly humorous Um, okay okay um it's along the lines of, I mean, he's talking about deliver them their self-esteem. Um, their ears all ring in monotone with bodies snug in memory foam. Ooh. Like, how great is that? Yeah. It's just uh, picturing these people, just these people, these total 
internet socialites just going to bed totally encapsulated in memory foam is just hilarious to me. And then he says, I can't help it. I want to hear them scream. I mean, that to me, that really, that's where I connected with this song. That's where I really kind of, I really got into my masochistic ways. (laughs) And it's like, I am that person. I am, I sleep comfortably every night. (laughs) God damn it. And I know you want to hear me scream, but (laughs) it's it's great. I don't know. It, it, it gives you that, it gives you a comfortable sense of unrest with, uh, with where things have gone. Um, so what about this, Riley? Do you do you not see any value in the fact that like okay, so we're about to move back to our home state, both of us, right? Like, you're going mm-hmm. to go be in the mountains, do your thing. I'm going to go be a beekeeper out in the middle of Laurel, Montana. Because and, why? Why wouldn't you? Why, why wouldn't, wouldn't I, you? Why wouldn't I? It's it's, it's been a long yeah. time coming. Anyone who knows me is like, oh, beekeeper, duh. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, apiary, of course. <laughs> of course, an apiary. Yes. But is it really? <laughs> so it's like we're both about to go back to our home states. And we're going to go to the bars, right? Probably not the the crappy Mm -hmm. dive bars, but we're going to at least go to some bars. We're going to run into people. And instead of being like, hey, what's like people from high school and stuff in college and all that, we're going to be instead of being like, hey, what's new in your life? We're going to be like, hey, I saw you went to Mexico last week. How was that? And then that's but but then that's it. That's it. You say I say you saw a son. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> I say I say you <laughs> I see you had a son. Mama see, Mama saw. Congratulations. Mama yeah. <laughs> but then that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of conversation. Like, yeah, cool. All right, you have a kid. Cool. <laughs> and then but instead of Oh hey, I haven't seen you in ten years. How's it going? Oh, I had a kid. Yeah, it's awesome. It's crazy. Like, whoa, you're married? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to turn into a hipster. <laughs> uh, f- fuck it. I'll, I'll accept social media. Whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> so going into Pins and Needles mm-hmm. with that. Um, Pins and Needles is track three mm-hmm. on this album. Um, it's the first kind of juicy pop hook that comes yeah. up in this album. It's got a. It's got a bit of a hook to it. I mean, it's it's catchy for sure. And it's the first, also the first song to repeat that four times. So they go yeah. through, they go through the chorus of this song four times, which either tells me that they really want to talk about what this song is about, or they think that it's super catchy and it's going to get people hooked in on the third song, which I think is more of the goal. Yeah, I, I think they definitely. This was more like a, a song by the numbers, where it's like, no, you kind of have to have that fourth chorus to round everything up, and then you have that weird bridge. And this is this the one that has that crazy bridge? Let me. No, no, that's later down. That's uh, later. Um, on. I know exactly what really you're talking strange about. Strange bridge. Yeah. Yep. I think yeah, that's, that's on coming tape up. deck. That's, yeah, tape deck. Exactly. Exactly. But pins and needles, it's a lot more of a hook, which which is weird because for being a poppier song, and like a more consistent rock song, like the general message that I got is it's pretty much about what it is to grow older yeah. and what it is to just like carry. Um, carry all of these things with you into not not in the same sense of like friendly fire which is like full-on baggage we'll get there yeah um but it's talking about growing up and changing and and breaking old habits um i i mean this is one that this is where i started to kind of unplug from the album just a little bit yeah Um, yeah, just because it, it did sound a little poppier um 
like I I enjoyed it. It's catchy. Um, it's it's very it's got some interesting sounds and it. it's got a little crazy guitar riff at about two minutes and forty five seconds. Got a nice little guitar riff in it, but um, and it does definitely have that Silver Sun pickup sound that you're looking for. I mean, he repeats the refrain over just plain acoustic guitar um, a couple mm-hmm, times, mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, is a it's nice a bit touch. More like crowd service, fan service. Like it's it's like if if you're really a huge Silver Sun fan, it's like we're still here. Yeah, that's kind of the message. Where it's like we, this this could have easily been. I think I put this in the notes. Um, yeah, it could have it could have fit on Swoon. Or Carnivus. Yeah. I mean, it could have fit on another album pretty easily. It would have been a little weird. Like, it's definitely a better fit here, mm-hmm. but like, it's not. It's not necessarily true to the establishing. Exactly. Side. And I mean, on that note, I mm-hmm. I know you have some strong feelings about the next song, "Friendly Fires." Mm. Um, I think it's more my lack of feelings. Th- your lack of strong. feeling for Friendly Fires. Yeah. Uh, it is very much. I would feel like. I, I feel like this is the second single that came out from this album. Um, really? Um, I think that the the single single. I I think their their official second single is Circadian Rhythm, which we'll get to. Yeah, but, which huge mistake. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> I think Friendly Fires is like I feel like if they put a sticker on this album in the store and it said featuring the song Friendly Fires, people would be all over it. So, um, so my notes for Friendly Fire, I have two words um oh you do baggage much (laughs) yeah um you know i i had a hard time i had a hard time picking what this song was about um specifically the lyrics on um (laughs) i know it's i don't i don't know what to make of it it's very singly it's very poppy very poppy like Taylor Swift could probably cover this song. <laughs> Let's see. And it is, I do like that this is um, more of, um, the song kind of reminds me of the stage in relationships where you're really getting to know someone and you're starting to feel comfortable with them, where it says, like, getting naked all the time, why dodge the friendly fire? Getting naked all the time, why dodge the friendly and and he's kind of like praising this person in a sense where he's saying like you know nothing can pull you down nothing can get to you like so who could ever break you down what could ever freak you out if you yeah. can carry this around then you'll never break down so it's like in the one sense he's saying like she's he or she is like strong and able to carry this weight but at the same time he's saying because they are so busy carrying this weight they're inaccessible yeah and um i mean it almost sounds even more negative than that to me. I mean, really. I mean, okay. getting naked all the time, a little wasted on desire. I mean, that like that mm. to me seems like he's saying that desire is clouding your judgment. You know. Um, okay. And okay. a minute later, friendly fire. I feel. I feel like friendly fire is a a terrible thing. I mean, it's if you really take it literally, it's it's an awful awful thing, and I think in this situation like in a relationship it's an unwanted thing like you're you're assaulting somebody that that 
trusts you that's that sees yeah. you as a friend not necessarily like in a sexual assault sort of way but like of course not you know what but i mean it, like uh, you're saying things that are just like towing the line of like okay like you're joking clearly but like ouch like that's yeah. a little it's that's harsh you know where it's like you're just going a little bit too far where it's like you're saying things to someone that you care about but it's it's with the clear intention of not it's not taking their feelings into consideration yeah, you know definitely um, wow, I have more to say about that track than I expected. Yeah, I know. It's mm. it's, it's an interesting track. Yeah. It's it's very much it's very catchy. Um it's a great yeah, song. Yeah. If if you're if you're a listener and you're not sure about checking out this album, it would be a good one to listen to. I mean, it's it's fairly yeah, it's, a, it's friendly, a good taste of It's a friendly song to listen to. Uh it's got it's a good length. I mean, it's a good five and a half minutes so also i mean i want to say real quick that when i first looked at this album and saw that most songs mm-hmm. were over five minutes long i was really excited oh yeah <laughs> see you and i are so different in that realm where it's like <laughs> I, I listen to so many songs and i'm like you could have taken out um the last like half of this song and it would have just would have been just as fun and that's one reason why i'm so drawn to punk music where it's like they just like thrash and go crazy hard for like two minutes yeah. and then they just need to like rest and drink another beer and then they play for like another two minutes and it's like in my mind the concept that a song needs to be three minutes four minutes and has to repeat the chorus four times just to get the message across i'm like no no like if you craft it well enough and if you package it in a right way, you yeah. can do so much with less than yeah. the standard three-minute radio length. Exactly, you know? yeah. But I think I think that they really, uh, Silver Sun Pickups um, in particular, really kind of proves you wrong <laughs> in their last few songs on this album, which we'll get to. But yeah. as far as they do the, a great job with the it. time frame goes, because um, they really don't just up, they don't re- really don't just um, repeat the chorus over and over again and the bridge over and over they kind of change the song as it goes on um, and justifies the length of the song exactly and even instrumentally like even in uh, i mean we already talked about the very first track where it almost moved in stages where it's like the instrumentation changed multiple times multiple styles where it's like if if they were to do that live they would have to have access to a lot of different pedals and switch between like different, even like different amps and stuff to get that type of sound. And you get the same thing in friendly fire a little bit less. So, I mean, they could do this all in one setup, one take Mm -hmm. with the same microphones, everything. Um, But it's certainly um, musically. And it's an interesting piece. And despite the fact that they repeat the chorus four times, they do it a little bit different each time to add the depth, to add a little bit of chaos underlying and they're setting it up. I mean, part of it is because this is this song feels like it was made for an album, and it was meant to kind of be nested between songs and kind of go into nightlight. Yeah. And I feel like it feeds really well into nightlight as well. Yeah. And then nightlight. I mean, nightlight being their single. It's the number one single off this album. This is mm-hmm. what they. And singles are always interesting because it's always what the band picks as the representative song of the album, and it's interesting mm-hmm. that they pick nightlight. sense of because it has great rock hooks like the the bass is distorted but it's still clearly that driving bass line that you can it kind does. of get stuck in your head and then you have the parts where the the band is just home, 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 like 
all the right times. I'll edit some in for the listeners so they don't have to listen to me. But <laughs> you do uh, a good impression, though, Clark. Thank you, thank you. But it, no, and it has two different bridges, which is really cool. Um, right around two, yeah, right around I two and a that. half minutes. It's got a really interesting slower bridge. Um, as compared to the one that happens right away in the beginning of the song. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's fairly, the lyrics are fairly metaphoric for being a single. Um, I mean, they talk about uh, yeah. every, like, if you want something, you want it with the lights out. So, like, if you want, if you really actually want something, you don't want to, you really don't want to see exactly what it is for what it is. You just want it for all the good stuff. Yeah. You just want to know what it is for the good things. You don't want to see it with the lights on. You know, you don't want to see all the details. Yeah, and it does a great job of representing the album as a whole. Uh, because when it talks about, you know, we want things, uh, but we only want it with these certain terms and conditions. Like, that's exactly what they're talking about in Connection, where it's like, we all want this sense of um, feeling like we belong. We all want to be noticed. Um, but the sacrifice, like, we just don't want to think about what we're giving up to get that yeah no i i think so too i mean that's um that's why i think that's why i think it's their single it's like people can can relate to that for sure it's a it's a very relatable song as far as the lyrical content and the sound of it i mean it's a very catchy song for for the listeners here um i mean this you'll notice it right away it's it's got all the rock hooks you're looking for it's got like some good snare action right Mm -hmm. right away in the beginning um it's got a nice bass line that kind of persists through the whole thing um and Mm -hmm. and the drums yeah i know yeah it's 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 a a deviation from their previous songs (laughs) on this album which sound more electronically produced and yeah it's it's great and it's like distorted a little bit so it's not just like classic boring bass like they they do enough mm-hmm. to make it interesting and the guitar like that like they do a really good job of mixing up the melodies that go over it oh, and yeah. under it and um keeping yeah. that variety and that it has a lot of playback like you can repeat and, yeah it exactly and i think alan Mulder had a lot to do with this i mean Judging by his other works, this yeah. sounds like... I mean, this sounds like... Without the vocal track, this sounds like a Nine Inch Nails or a Perfect Circle album or a Smashing Pumpkins album. Ooh, that's a that's a very big claim. I know, really. but it does. If you take... If you take I want to see if I can find an <laughs> instrumental. If I find an yeah, instrumental, exactly. I'm yeah, exactly. Yeah, please do, because I would I would like to look into that. I, I think that you could put a Trent Reznor or Maynard James Keenan vocal track over the top of this and it would fit man that is such a bold i know i know i'm gonna get somebody's gonna the cia is gonna show up in my door tomorrow and yeah they're gonna be like you just say you could put maynard over the poppiest track on a silver sun pickups album i'm saying it for the whole album (laughs) i mean i i don't mean any disservice to anybody i'm i'm comparing oh boy oh i keep digging myself in the hole i'm just gonna stop before my head but one interesting because this is the single a lot of radio stations have been asking silver sun pickups to you know play it's the it's the thing that they kind of want to take on their press tours Mm -hmm. um however like a big trend lately has been the stripped down acoustic Mm -hmm. versions so they have a lot of um, recordings of nightlight done completely acoustic where the only person echoing is Nikki, and it's not the whole band it doesn't have the hum it doesn't have any of that it's just like brian and Nikki. 
and I don't even think they have a drummer. So it's interesting. it's interesting because even though it's the poppiest and it has most of like the driving, thumping bass line that you could, in theory, dance to, they've performed it a lot without that. Even when they're trying to expose people to the album, they still play the stripped-down yeah. version. And whether or not that's a good decision, yeah. I don't know, but it's certainly interesting. I don't know about a pop song. I mean, well, and the, this takes us into the second, the second single, the second true single of this album, um, Circadian mm. Rhythm, uh, Parenthetical Last Dance. Not a fan. Um, this uh-huh. song is different. Um, it's it's great. I I love it. Um, yeah. Really? I really I oh, like man. it. Oh man, I wrote ultimately forgettable, a classic <laughs> love song. But it's not. <laughs> it's not a classic love song. Let me. Let me let me talk to talk a little bit about this one. Um, it's the only oh, song boy. that okay. uh, Nikki wrote. Um, so Nikki Nikki wrote this song. Um, she wrote the lyrics for this song and kind of directed the whole thing. It is uh, ultimately. I mean, there's really no other way to take it because she said what it's about but uh it's about a friend of hers that, mm, that passed mm-hmm. away um oh geez i'm gonna have and to look so at the lyrics now. It, she's that. kind of having a communication with what it's like to have somebody close to you pass away i think um ah crap i'm gonna feel like a bad well guy you should you should clark you should <laughs> shame on you it's boring man it's boring it I is it's a little it's just it's a little boring <sighs> I will back you up on that. And it's just, it's like circadian rhythm, and it's even like, uh, oh, okay, right at the beginning. That's what they mm-hmm. say at the beginning, okay. Another night alone. Okay, footsteps on thing. the floor, your body's just a haze, and a rhythm of our own that's just out of phase. Nope. But. Nope. Another another right, giant no. plus for this song no. is that it features Nikki's mm, vocals mm-hmm. fairly regularly, and she's a great <laughs> singer. Everybody loves it when Nikki sings. Brian, if you're listening, let Nikki sing more. <sighs> yeah, she's she's got a great voice. Yours is great also. I mean, yours is very unique. But please let Nikki sing. And that really shines yeah. in this song, I think. And that's I think that's why I like this song, to be honest, is that Nikki comes out mm-hmm. and really makes her own presence felt. And I think she's just as much uh, yeah. a lead part of this band as he is. Um that's not oh certainly with yeah oh yeah Yeah. and i think this and just knowing that this is the the song that she wrote and that she's singing is is very personal it it very much personalizes it um which is cool i think um it's nice when you really feel that connection with the singer of the song um but also, you said—I mean, you mentioned earlier that there were some songs in the middle of this album that you can completely skip over and never regret it, and this could be one of those. Yeah, yeah, and that was one of them. And part of it is so. So, what I get from Circadian um, is just a sense of longing, and that comes with the instrumentation, where it's just—it always feels like it's kind of like mm-hmm. pulling a little bit. And I don't—I I don't know enough about music theory to know if it's like a minor key, major key, whatever. Um, but it just feels like there's kind of mm-hmm. a pulling and and the bending of the strings and the bending of the notes in such a way that it feels like it's just trying to like kind of bring something closer. Yeah. And and I kind of had written down like I don't think I can relate to this feeling because I kind of thought it was about like a love and I'm like, you know, I've I've never 
felt necessarily that particular type of longing, but I don't know. The more I look at it, the more maybe, maybe I have, because I thought this was about a breakup, not about like a, it, like in a, a, in a way loss. it is about a breakup, you know I mean? but not the kind that you're, not the kind that well, you're looking yeah, for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what an awesome track is? Though? Tape deck. Tape let's, deck. <laughs> let's fucking get to tape deck because Tape Deck is a great, oh, Tape Deck is the shit. great song. song. I I cannot say how much I love Tape Deck. Uh, it, it finally opens oh, it up does. everything. It you, does. Can, you can hear just playing piano. You can hear the drums. You can hear everything. It's like my ears. Oh are yeah. Like, what? Oh, I forgot that. I forgot that this was a stereo album with multiple instruments. Like I, I'm just like, oh jeez. And from here on out, I think from here on out to the end of the album, it's all liquid gold. I mean, it's mm-hmm, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tape deck is is a monstrosity of a song. It is it is so out mm-hmm. there and so weird that it's like the the true Silver Sun pickup fans <laughs> that have like their older albums are mm-hmm. going to be like, what the hell is happening right now because it's so staccato and so strange and out there um i love it so so here's my theory and i'm just gonna say this before you can cut me off because i know you (laughs) want to cut me off but i think that i think the drummer just listened to a whole crap load of radioheads in rainbows especially 15 (laughs) steps and he's like guys 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 i really want to do drumming like this radiohead song guys 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 tom york is great and uh, okay. that's all I will say about it. But it, it feels very inspired mm-hmm. rhythmically from like Radiohead, Aphex Twin. I feel like the drummer is very much He's picking, picking up, up on, on those the, vibes Yeah, on the, the latest trend in breakbeat. I mean, it's like he's... <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned Radiohead. It's okay. Have. It's okay. I'll just I'll just punch you in the face later. Let's let's keep talking about <laughs> Tape Deck because I, this is a, a fantastic, okay, okay. fantastic song. Um I think, I mean, lyrically, it's all right. <laughs> lyrically, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's very it's very sound. The ghost of me. Um, it's, but yeah, structurally, yeah. it's amazing. I think. Um, I mean, it's just it's got that repeating like dun 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 over and over again, and it's a great. I mean, it's it's kind of eerie almost, but it's still kind of catchy. I don't know. It's a perfect kind of. Mm-hmm. thing that ties this whole track together um and then he actually does some proper yells oh he does at the end of his, his verses where he's like exactly and and this is one of the first songs that embraces the ever trendy crescendo which we will Let's let's the let's crescendo put, is let's put a pin let's put a pin in that and have an entire episode on crescendos because this is also the song that has a super crazy bridge um, and let's mm-hmm. it be worth listening to it's at about three minutes and ten seconds in. Um, it is mm-hmm. a 
very strange sound. It's basically Nikki just like making a bunch of strange, strange like animal yeah. noises. I don't really know how else to describe them. And I had the hardest time. I was typing up my notes, and I'm like, oh, wh- how to um. describe this one? It is. It's a very weird bridge, but it fits. It fits with what yeah. they're trying to do with this song. I put that it was. It's a uh, no mistake. This ghost in me, where he again he carries out like this. The last line of no mistake. This ghost in me has found a home, and he carries it out, and then it just leads to just such a dramatic, just strange bridge of just like da 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 da. It's it's and then yeah, and then right at about four minutes, you have that crescendo that I was talking about. That's that's ever expanding. It's like right at four minutes and ten seconds. The snare just keeps hitting harder and harder and harder and faster, and then it breaks into a a faster version of the chorus, which I think works fantastically in this song. Um, I'm sad to see it in some songs, but this song in particular, I think it works. Um, I think this is you know what this reminds me of um, in uh, the Muse song. Uh, what is that with the Knights of Cydonia? Yeah, it reminds me so much of Knights of Cydonia and the part where it picks up towards the end and it just like double times mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And it's, it, it reminds me a lot of that style where it's like the guitar doubles up even though they're singing like the same thing. And it's like the lyrics almost slow down even though the guitar is, is now doing like the double tick tick yeah. instead of just the standard tick. Exactly. Yeah very good contrast i think i think it's it's well used it's a well used crescendo um be careful future artists if you're listening to this don't use that on every song Mm. because i will personally come to your house and destroy what you've recorded because and it reminds me so much like there's this techno artist that i love and his name is tobu t-o-b-u and I love his music, but every single song does the exact same build-up, release, build-up, release. Oh. Like, <laughs> people dressed up in butterfly suits give a shit, but who cares about them, okay? Like, let's just have some real music for once. Let's get some some variation in the structure of songs. and Butterfly suit. <laughs> that's, that's all I could think of. I was thinking of rave suits, well, and I could only think of well, people dressed up uh, in butterfly suits. I'm sorry about that. If you've dressed up in a butterfly suit for list. any other reason, I was not making fun of you. Um, Christmas <laughs> Riley I am I am a medium. I'm a medium size. So if you want to buy me a butterfly medium suit, should run you about 19.95. Um, not gotcha. that I've looked, but cool. Yeah, uh, that'll be in the show notes. It's an affiliate link. Please realize that if you buy a butterfly suit or if you buy several for your entire office, um, we will get a small kickback. So just be aware. Yeah. Um, if if you're not comfortable with that, then please turn on you know private browsing or use a different browser. Anyway, go on. And what a better segue to Lashkey Kids, which is our next song on the list here. Um, yeah, so this is my um, this is my second favorite song by The Cure. Um, oh no no no, it's not it's not '90s goth rock. Yeah, no uh, no, but this it sure I was gonna like say it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. That's one of my first notes on this song is that like who called The Cure and had them play for these guys because it yeah. sounds if you like The Cure, pick up this song first and foremost. Latchkey Kids, um, it is a fantastic song. 
if Robert Smith had been on this, this would be my favorite song. But you know, not every song can have Robert Smith. Exactly. That's yeah. okay. I mean, almost all, every song can, but not this one. Yeah, not this one though. This is better just being its own thing. That's fine. But it does have heavily like late eighties, nineties instrumentation. It does. Or early it 90s. does not sound like, modern yeah. at all, which is great. It's a very nice breath of fresh air for this album, which sounds very much late, uh, middle to late two thousand teens. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's a very yeah. modern sounding album. So to throw this in there, it's like, oh, okay, okay. So you've. It's essentially to me being like, yep, nope, we're still legit musicians. We're not just like carved into this little hole. We're not just going to be like this weird driving apocalyptic wall of sound band. Like, nope, we still know how to. We know um, how to, yeah, we know how to use instrumentation to our benefit. Yeah, and it's exactly like Kendrick Lamar's like To Pimp a Butterfly or when uh, Muse did The Second Law where it's like all of a sudden they would just throw songs in there where you're like, this is this is a different genre. Yeah, This exactly. is not even what what it's labeled as what you're trying to do yeah and and i appreciate that about this song that's what i that's what drew me to it initially is that it Mm -hmm. sounds very much like if you like older silver sun pickups this song is great because it yeah and i even put like this could be a b-side on an old album mm -hmm. easy absolutely who wrote this one did you i was trying to figure out like why it felt that way and maybe if it was just a carryover but i couldn't figure anything out about it i'm under the impression that, that brian wrote everything except circadian rhythm um oh wow okay so i have a strange feeling but it he, gets, went, he wrote this one earlier it gets into in the bridge it gets into this very um right around two minutes and ten seconds very sort of produced electronic sound and yeah, he kind of gets yeah. into that yelly sort of voice he has in late that that kind of made him famous in uh, Lazy Eye that that final that final chorus in Lazy Eye that where yelly he's just shredding the sound. guitar. Oh yeah. yeah, that's what makes everybody love Brian because he's got such range as far as his, his yeah. vocal capabilities go. And in the bridge, and he of has this a good song, sense for dynamics too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he can he can really adapt his voice to the sound of what's going on in the song and i think latchkey kids is a great example of that Mm -hmm. it it does make me feel like i feel like a lot of these songs would make for good driving songs Mm -hmm. but this feels more like a good uh riding your bike song maybe that's weird but like if for me it's like when you hit just a good stretch of um road on your bike and you can still feel the air you're still out there you're still exerting effort um because it's got kind of this like energy to it oh yeah Um, it does it's 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 not meant for just like sitting it's it's meant for moving yeah and i think that's the feel of this whole the whole end of this album is um it's an energized end. it's it's all very loaded songs that come in the last four or five tracks of this album um which leads us to the second to last if if ragamuffin ready to go there yeah, which I had noted as, just kidding, we're back in the apocalypse. Absolutely <laughs> my number one favorite song from Silver Sun Pickups across their entire discography. It is it is quintessentially what I like in a rock song. Um, it starts out, I mean, it starts out in the ominous sort of sounding, quiet sounding guitar that... Like the staccato kind of sound, um, with with some haunting sort of sort of uh, lyrics from him. 
He does, I mean, not not technically lyrics because he didn't sing anything, but just yeah, vocal yeah. sounds from him in the background. Um, I think I I'm a sucker for apocalyptic songs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> On a personal level, I think they're they're kind of speaking the truth to a point, um, and this one in particular, I think it really touches on that feeling of being completely like reaching the edge of of where the world is right now, like coming up to the edge of where we are. And, yeah, and, and the, the lyrics pamper- even start off with it says like here on the summit we cry tears down the mountainside waves crashing over the roads and down to bury our home enough to bury our home so it's like it's zoomed out and he's up on top of something watching this happen below him yeah so in the sense yeah it's, it's zoomed out it's um taking it more conceptually yeah yeah and and that's the feeling that i mean personally that's the feeling i get looking at our world today and it really does feel like we're so close to tragedy. Like oh, with it does. The terrorist attacks and like the president elections where it's like nobody's really happy with any of the candidates, it feels. And it's just like, it feels like, like, what do we have to look forward to? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, but that's where that Clark, that is exactly where this song comes in and, and really <laughs> turns right, it around. Because right. um, then you say, then in the second verse, um, mm-hmm. He comes in and says, uh, and then as the years flew by and as all the water dried, so he's looking down at like this flood or whatever, this catastrophic event, it's starting to dry up. Um, he says, there I saw you dancing alone on everything we own, dancing alone. So he sees this person that's that's celebrating something, that's celebrating maybe the, the, the decline of the water level, I, the, mm-hmm. the metaphoric water level. He's he's finds this person that has found something to celebrate, has found something to be happy about, um, and then he he says in the first chorus, "You're singing beautiful notes. You're wearing different clothes. Should we hesitate?" So yeah. I think he's saying I think he's saying you're doing all this cool stuff. You are singing beautifully you're wearing stuff that's different than everybody else you look like your own person should we hesitate like should we think about whether or not we should do this or should we just do it should we just go for it and i think that is beautiful to me i mean i think that's that's fantastic i think i think that that's a great image to have as far as how to approach a relationship with another human being i mean i think I don't think you should hesitate. I think if if you see stuff like that, if you see, you know, as he says, seeing beautiful notes and wearing different clothes. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. that those are those are green flags as far as my and that's as far as my NASCAR references go. Um, <laughs> those are green flags for, <laughs> for. Is that just NASCAR that has green flags? Okay, I, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Maybe the maybe the indie circuit uses them too. But that's where this song really got to me. You know. Uh, is just that that advice to just go for it you know and i think that's kind of the feeling that's the feeling that he wants us to have as far as this apocalyptic sort of view towards our world is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it and and nothing better nothing better than his line let's speed away like it's our lives on the line you know i mean let's just let's just go as fast as we can like it's the end of our days 
um, into whatever we're going to go into. Let's do it full heartedly and let's just go for it because who knows? And we start to see this again, like in terms of an album and thinking about what this is leading up to. This is the escape. This is him seeing the exit sign and seeing the door and moving towards it. And he talks about how um, he's fighting fires with water guns. This ragamuffin has swallowed enough. Yeah. And then, um, and then Nikki echoes that enough, 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 swallowed enough, where it's like he's been trying to kind of like fight this on his own by just. Um, having an attitude of going against it and going against the fires in this case and against the fires and against the flood. So right now he's trying to push against it, but what he sees instead is this person, instead of pushing against it and spending all this energy trying to extinguish it, they're just going in their own direction. They're trying this, they're just letting the current carry them, but in their own way with their own style and they're not letting it pull away their identity with them. Yeah. And it's like, he sees a new way to fight and the way isn't to fight it's to to um celebrate differences instead mm. and to find things about you that are worth um accentuating and bringing out and sharing with the world and doing that instead of trying to just fight all this negativity fight all of this oppression instead you just find reasons to celebrate yeah, exactly. and and that can make a difference and that can move you forward and become magnetic in its own right and that can gain momentum and it talks about like we can shake the ground with our voices so loud like yeah. they they together have power oh yeah absolutely and i mean i think this whole song kind of has that sort of feeling to it like this is the second great crescendo of this album is after the mm-hmm. after the bridge let's be This one's okay, right? This this one okay. this one is perfect. Yes, yeah. don't okay, okay. don't question this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his lyrics here during the crescendo are, um, you know, um, let's see here. The flags are down. Speed trials are done. The engine has failed, and there's nowhere to run. I mean, it's like, it's like everybody has has lived as egotistical as a life as possible everyone's Mm, showed mm. off as much as they could and there's nothing to show for it when it comes down to it because we are so screwed that who cares how much you've you've accumulated over your life Mm -hmm. who gives a shit about what you've accumulated because we are in a dire need for going back to the basics here and and that's where this song really builds up right after he says that line, let's speed away like it's our lives on the line. I mean, that's where this second crescendo comes in and you really mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. So this, this brings me into a, a little bit of a tangent, just a little. Um, <laughs> oh, that wasn't a tangent? No, no, no. <laughs> or no, going into the me, tangent. Let me Excellent. define okay. tangent for you. Um, <laughs> There's this, uh, there's this feeling. I think this is going to be important for the rest of our podcast here. Um, mm-hmm, there's this mm-hmm. feeling called frission, um, this experience of frission, and it's when a song, um, in particular, a song makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck, um, mm-hmm. and that was one of the first times I've experienced this on this album. Was near the end, which I mean, oh, totally. th- that's okay. But like right when that when that crescendo happens in Ragamuffin, um, 
and hmm. it is it, i mean it just it ties this whole feeling of the album together um right at about five minutes in you know right well like four forty-five actually um where this crescendo kicks in it's just like it, it really kind of ties it together um as far as how much how strongly he feels about about what he's saying in this album um Hmm. I think this really ties it together. I like this could be the last song of the album, and it would be a great. Oh, I'm album. so happy that it's not though. Yeah, yeah you're I know, right though. But he's got so much more to say in the last song. Um, so a funny story, real quick about this. Yeah, um, sure. I was reading. I was reading lyrics on A to Z lyrics, which is kind of azlyrics.com yep the most popular site that shows up that when you search for lyrics online um Mm -hmm. i was reading lyrics for connection on azlyrics.com what'd you find complete and utter bullshit clark i found (laughs) the worst lyrics the worst interpretation didn't even make any sense didn't make a goddamn lick of sense um so (laughs) Here's what happened. I submitted a correction to azlyrics.com when I was uh-huh. researching this album because connection was so grossly misinterpreted that it completely changed the meaning. In fact, I scratched out all my notes I had for connection <laughs> because I thought that AZ Lyrics was right. And oh, then I was no. like, wait, I have the CD booklet. And so I opened up the CD booklet and I was like, wait a second. Whoever submitted this for AZ Lyrics is completely wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely a, this is my connection. Fundamentally oh. wrong. Yeah, with, this is ugly. Yeah. This is re- um, so then I, in. then I uns, unscratched all my lyri- all my uh, notes for connection because I realized that they were actually all right. Um, this is terrible. This is not an infection. Burn on in. Oh, right. This is bad. Right. This is really bad. So I, their I bodies did... fill with memory foam. They're... <laughs> Yeah, their bodies literally fill up. Yeah, it's what it's throat. like a piping tube. It's like a it's like an icing piping tube full of memory foam, and they just shove it in their mouths oh, and fill them to the brim with memory foam. That makes total oh, sense. Terrible. Whatever asshole wrote the lyrics, like typed in the lyrics to AZ lyrics for that song, please please find me on any sort of social media or anything. We can talk about how to properly interpret a song because that mm. is that mm. is an insult to what well, they were trying to communicate. This is why you should uh, give the artist money because they will give you the correct lyrics. <laughs> it's a, it's a if, trade-off. If, if for no it's other reason, <laughs> it's for getting the correct lyrics to be exactly. able to interpret the album how it should be interpreted, which wow, I think is a nice tangent. Yeah, I think that is a great way to bring us into the last song of this album, uh, which the wild really kind. ties it together. Um, it's beautiful. As This is the song. Um, I, I'm going to cut in and say that so, so like I said, the uh, producer Jackknife Lee, he worked with uh, Snow Patrol, and um, he even helped produce a song with One Direction with Gary Lightbody, the lead singer of um, Snow Patrol. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is especially evident in this song. Yeah, like oh, this yeah. is something if if I were to hear Gary Lightbody come in just in the background, it would make total sense to me. Feel your head exploding. And now I hear you 
Yeah, well, now that you mention that, yeah, I, I, I completely believe that. I mean, the, even the guitar piece in this is very mm. Snow patrol It's very basic, but it's... it's got and I mean that, that in the best way possible. Exactly, I really yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got a very light sound to it. It's nice. Um, I think there is no other way to wrap up this album than this song. I mean, it's so optimistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's saying, like... I think the lyrics, uh, the long and short of the lyrics is that, you know, if even if you're experiencing all these terrible things, just realize that you're preserving the world for the wild kind because it's called the mm-hmm. wild kind. And the wild kind being these people that have lived in a responsible way that have looked to most as like being these strange wild people. But yeah, I think and it describes them. It says, I see your body, your I see your body glowing. It's not so easy to define the wild kind where it's like there's something you have an attractive glowing nature about you that I'm drawn to. Don't know how to describe it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's I mean, I think that's what he's trying to get at here is it it's those kind of people that we need in this time, you know, when when the, the future of the world is kind of uncertain. Um we need people that are willing to step up and be the wild kind and be mm-hmm. the, the weirdos and the people that live responsibly rather than the traditional structure of consumption and death that uh, that most people are following as, like, you know, graduating school, getting a, a lifetime-long job, uh, yeah, yeah. buying a house in the suburbs far away from the main city so they have to drive in every time having mm-hmm. six children who does because... that <laughs> who commutes an hour every day to work really? who does that <laughs> in their own vehicle clark not using public transport that's what i'm talking about here <laughs> okay, um, okay and then having six children and telling them that that's the way to live and teaching them consumption as well Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. being the wild kind here is is being the anti-suburbanite, um, which I mean I hate to be that skeptical about you suburbians, but I am. Yeah, we're learning a lot about your your city planning and your. Uh, you learned a lot about this. You've got to you've got to plan for centralized activity and centralized. I mean, I think this is ultimately. A, I mean, I think this is ultimately an environmental album. Ooh, whoa, throwing that into the last track. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> try, try your hardest not to punch me through the microphone. But Yes, this whole album was about lizard people, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> turns out the Wild King is just what you call the secret lizard population that's been infiltrating the government, social media, and, et cetera. And wouldn't you know it, Tom Cruise is the lizard king. He Tom is, Cruise is yeah, the Lizard King. Yes, um, he is, because aliens brought him here years ago. Um, no, 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 but in all seriousness, <laughs> I think that, I think that, I mean, between this song, The Wild Kind, and Ragamuffin, the previous song, um, I think that it brings out that emotion, uh, the, or that environmental distress, like, that, that our world is kind of falling apart. Um, whether or not you believe that it's a thing made up by the Chinese to keep American industry down or that it's mm-hmm. actually a thing, our world is falling apart as we know it. I think that I think that we're at a precipice where we need we need the wild kind. We need people to be yeah. different and we need people to you know that's that's uh, 
think different, like Apple. Exactly. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I think that this song is a it's an optimistic call for people to be the wild kind, for people to be different, and I think, I mean, as as juvenile as that so as that sounds because like you know in high school everyone was like oh yeah i'm the different person but mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. i think this is a very serious call for people to be to be different to feel because like he's he's asking if you feel alive you know if yeah. you feel alive Listen, you're not you're the doing. type to pass us by like we ask you do you feel alive yeah and he repeats yeah. that so many times in the chorus so many times um which I think is amazing. I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I think that this really wraps it up as as a call to arms, sort of, to to preserve both humanity's better nature and the world's mm-hmm. better nature. Whether or not... I mean, I know that there are people out there, and I don't want to come off as a liberal douchebag. I know that there are people out there that believe that... that it's totally made up and that it's not happening and that scientists are all wrong and that oh they stopped listening a long time ago, i know they right? did they did and <laughs> but they're all gone it's all people you agree with now don't but worry. i think <laughs> for those of you that are still left for those of you that are hate listening to this right now mm, i think mm, brian mm. here wants to tell us that it's okay it's okay to question things it's okay to be different it's okay to to question your existence and to question the stability of it. And as long as you feel alive, that's, that's the important part is, is, is being wild is being the wild kind and feeling alive and, and appreciating what you're doing. Don't just fall into the normal trap. Isn't it so curious that like we found this album, we listened to this album. We're both like, I'm one month away from moving out of a big city and a manager yes. do- job at a restaurant that I travel to an hour to there and an hour from there. And I, I live to work. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and and like, I work in, I work to live. I work in goddamn finance. There's nothing worse yeah. than that, Clark. Let me tell you what, there's nothing worse than yeah. that for your, for your personality. It, and it's like, I, I, I'm leaving that because I have this dream of like being a beekeeper yeah. and just like helping little honeybees and, and making honey and, uh, Paul and it's just like I I'm trying to like be uh, and the thing is I'm not doing it because it's just like a Wait, random job and was I'm like, that a oh pun? you know what's gonna make for was I'm trying ah, to be I pun? know sorry I was just waxing poetic <laughs> um don't comb over it too much man uh so I think it, it it's just coming at the right time to hear this encouraging message of like yes go do that thing that is a bit strange and and don't do it because because it's weird don't do it because mm-hmm. uh, don't be random for the sake of being random because i don't want to be that guy but like this is genuinely something i've been interested in and it's something that i've been scared to do and i've been scared to ask about and i thought that you needed a degree i thought that you needed to know the right people mm-hmm. and it turns out like all i really needed to do was um to make a phone call and to ask questions and to to come across as curious mm-hmm. and to ask the right questions yeah and it's just so cool that now I'm taking a big chance and I'm going in a completely different direction. And like, I'm moving back to my hometown, but it's 
in in order to take a big risk and to leave a career that I've like moved up in yeah. considerably, oh, yeah. you know, and now I'm leaving that to try something drastically different. Yeah. And you're doing the same thing. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm leaving something that people do for their entire lives in, in the loan mm-hmm. officer position. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm leaving it to put food on shelves for people. But that yeah. to me is way more interesting. I mean, I think that's, yeah. And, I think, and it puts you in touch with people that you want to have conversations with. And it's with, it puts you around people that you, um, can be challenged by and you can challenge them in return and you can talk about things that you're interested in and not every job creates that opportunity no, not not at all and i think i think that's the message of the wild kind i mean i think to bring it back to the song i mm-hmm, think he's mm-hmm. he brian is plead, pleading with us to um not be afraid to question what we're doing so many people are afraid to question to ask questions i mean and it is ask scary. a question every now and then ask a question about no matter how staunchly you believe in something ask a question about it and don't be afraid yeah, about the answer yeah. and and that's what makes you the wild kind is to be comfortable with mm-hmm. with being skeptical and i think that is the ultimate goal of this album is to kind of pull it together and and get people to wonder about things um and that's that's what I took out of it ultimately at the end when I when I finished listening to it through and through, you know he touches on relationships he touches on uh, mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. personal struggles he touches on broad spectrum political environmental struggles he touches on everything he touches on loss definitely loss oh, as yeah. well absolutely and loss of what used to be and and growing up and leaving behind parts of yourself and that, I mean it's an old hackneyed story to a lot of us but. Mm-hmm. don't be afraid to ask questions about it don't be afraid to mm-hmm. confront it head on and if you really truly believe in something you shouldn't be scared to answer questions about it and i think that's, exactly yeah I think that if is it really his... is the truth then the truth can stand up to scrutiny mm-hmm. and, or at least it should and be scrutiny able to. from from every angle out there and yeah it's not bad it's not a bad thing to be a skeptic i i think that is what kind of what he's getting at here is that it's okay to be unsure about what's happening. Um, yeah, even though it's frustrating and it's exhausting and it's scary. Yeah, it that doesn't mean it's bad. No, it's it's it, it's, it's the spice it's okay. of life. It's the spice of life exactly. to be to always exactly. be wondering. You know, you never. I mean, I never personally want to have the answers. I want to always be looking for the answers, and I think that's really what he's trying to get at ultimately here. Is that is that there's all these things that happen in our lives and they're very confusing and they're very, you know, they can be troubling and they can completely, Mm -hmm. completely upset what you think should be the order of the world, but that's okay. You need to just, you need to just accept the fact that things can be different than what you think they might be. And that that's fine. And I think that that's his ultimate message here. Um, I mean, Obviously, it could be interpreted in many ways, which is brings me back to what the value of music is overall. You can mm-hmm, get out mm-hmm. of it what you want, but I think this one is fairly, fairly straightforward. Um, yeah. As far as what he's trying to get at is just a, a questioning sort of nature. And it's just it's such a good way to it's such a good place to leave off. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm just gonna plug. Um, 
where you can find the show notes on this as well. So it's going to be uh, secretweaponproductions.com slash echo slash one. And I'm going to try and link as much stuff as I can in the meantime. Definitely check it out. Uh, if you have feedback or if you think that we're just completely bonkers and that this that's not what the album is about at all, please... Uh, um, you can find our Twitter, email everything on the website, secretweaponproductions.com. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for a lot of people that want to do that. Ooh, okay. I am completely bonkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> I, I know that. Yeah. So please, please bring up bring up other things that you want to talk about, other viewpoints. Yeah, um, yeah. Tell me I'm just dead wrong. I, please. I I know that I can be. Um, so... But that's that's the yeah, great part about yeah. it is it's creating conversation and that to me is the value of great music that we're going to touch on here. Yeah, and I really look forward to seeing you guys in the next episode. Um, so this has been uh, into the echo. I'm not sure what we're talking about next week. We haven't decided yet. We're gonna have to start doing that on air yeah. just so we can really get people excited for I it. I know. I think we're um, gonna touch on something probably <laughs> more well known to people. Um, maybe venture into a different genre aside from alt rock because that is a very broad spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Might touch on some hip hop. I don't know. Maybe some instrumental. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what we're feeling. Um, You'll just have to keep your eyes peeled. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Keep an eye on... It's going to be really uh, good. Keep an eye on the Twitter feed. Uh, there's some great other productions from from Secret Weapons here. Um, it's 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 a great community to be involved with here. Um, I think we're... Yeah, we're having a blast. We're touching on some... And we're just getting started, too. We have so much more stuff coming. Um, but I have been Clark Hodges. This is Riley Wagonhalls, and this has been Into the Echo. Um, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.